1: something to note. This episode focuses on cultural beliefs in magical elves and dwarves, specifically those detailed in traditional Norse mythology. We are aware that dwarves and dwarfism can refer to a real medical or genetic condition, but in this episode, all mentions of dwarves are exclusively in reference to the attributes, characteristics, and depictions of beings in mythical tales. We hope you enjoy. The year was 1953. A full moon shone brightly in the star-clustered night illuminating California's Mojave Desert.
0: This was a vast and alien land just north of what is now Joshua Tree National Park, where a peculiar formation seemed to rise like a mirage out of the shifting sands, the location known as Giant Rock.
1: Beneath that ominous stone lived a man named George Van Tassel. That evening he slept soundly like every other night. But then he was awakened by something out of this world. He cracked open his eyes,
0: uncertain what exactly had roused him from a sound sleep. But he instantly went on high alert. A figure, who looked like a handsome young
1: man, stood at the foot of his bed, Van Tassel's eyes darted around the room. He wondered how the stranger had gotten inside his house. As he glanced out the window, he saw something even more mysterious. Hovering about eight feet off the ground, a luminous craft lit up the night.
0: Before Van Tassel had a chance to react, the man introduced himself as a creature from Venus named Solganda. And... He'd come to impart secret knowledge to Van Tassel.
1: This kind of encounter may sound like a stereotypical UFO story, but maybe there's room for a different explanation. Perhaps the otherworldly being who contacted Van Tassel was from another realm entirely, a realm beside our own, documented for centuries, the realm of the elves.
0: Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries. I'm your host, Molly.
1: And I'm Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this podcast, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every week, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth.
0: You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Unexplained Mysteries for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Unexplained Mysteries in the search bar.
1: At Parcast, we are grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help.
0: This is our second episode on Elves and Dwarves, the ancient magical humanoids spoken of in legends across cultures throughout history. While they are generally considered mythical, several odd sightings have led some to wonder if elves and dwarves might be real.
1: Last week, we explored the origins of these magical humanoids in stories that stretch back thousands of years. We trace their evolution through the past as they shifted from godlike beings to mischievous sprites to Santa's little helpers and the tooth fairy.
0: This week, we'll explore more recent stories of elves and dwarves, from fairy tales to science fiction movies. Then, we'll ask if elves and dwarves might really exist, either as an ancient close relative to humanity, or as a creature from another reality, or both.
1: Elves and Dwarves have appeared in mythologies across the world time and time again, but their cultural significance has shifted drastically since ancient times. These well-known yet elusive creatures were once regarded as demigods.
0: They garnered respect and, in some societies, even worship. In Egyptian and Germanic traditions, elves and Dwarves had magic powers that set them apart from mere mortals. They were a
1: staple of many mythologies. In ancient times, mythology was used in lieu of modern science to explain the world. It's possible for oral traditions to contain glimmers of truth, even if it only appears as a metaphor.
0: Take the city of Troy, which was considered to be a fabled place. Troy was where Achilles, Hector, and other mythic heroes and demigods performed noble deeds and died epic deaths.
1: But this legend was assumed to be just that, a legend, until 1870 when a German archaeologist named Heinrich Schliemann discovered the lost city of Troy.
0: This story illuminates how myths can point to the truth. Even if the narrative is outlandish, it could contain a kernel of something real. And stories of elves and dwarves have showed up in countless cultures worldwide, and even on continents isolated from one another.
1: The Cherokee spoke of the Yunwi Junsti, who were described as kind and helpful and barely as tall as a human's knee. Similarly, the indigenous people of
0: Hawaii told stories of the Menahuni, a prominent race of people, barely three feet tall, who built cities, fished, and farmed alongside the humans of the islands.
1: The Shoshone and Paiute tribes told of the Nimeragar, small humanoids who were known to shoot people with poisoned arrows. They dwelled in the area known today as the San Pedro Mountains of Wyoming. One Northern Iroquois story tells of a young girl who
0: encountered an entire clan of tiny people.
1: Many years ago, Morningstar lived with her father in a wigwam near the rushing rivers. Each morning they would catch fish for breakfast. Morningstar would run down to the river and retrieve the basket she'd put out the day before.
0: But one day, Morningstar came upon a wondrous sight. A whole tribe of little people were gathered around her fishing basket, and they were setting her freshly caught
1: fish free. Morningstar knew the tiny folk were the Jogao, the mysterious ones who protected the natural order of the forests. They were friends of the fish and other woodland creatures, but she couldn't help herself. She yelled down from the rocks, asking the creatures to stop letting her fish go.
0: She yelled and begged, scrambling down from the rocky ledge toward the river. The little people laughed even harder as the chief called up to her.
1: Fish, like little girls, like to be alive. When she finally reached her net, all the fish were gone. As the girl examined the torn basket, the little people disappeared, their laughter fading into the wind.
0: While stories like these flourished in the Americas, Christianity reshaped traditions about elves and dwarves in Europe. By the 13th century, the mystical demigods of ancient mythology had been altered to suit new belief systems.
1: As new religious understandings reshaped the Western world, the inexplicable was viewed as demonic. Elves and dwarves were no longer revered as magical creatures from other realms. They were to be warded off and avoided. The connection between our world and theirs was symbolically severed. For a time, the old traditions lost resonance, but the legends still circulated through small populations by word of mouth. Stories of the fairy folk persisted in folklore, and many would soon become the fairy tales we know and love today.
0: And for that, we have to thank a pair of brothers. In the 19th century, two young research scholars named Wilhelm and Jacob Grimm became interested in philology, the study of language in literature, while studying law in Germany.
1: When the brothers graduated, Jacob got a job working as a librarian for the King of Westphalia, while Wilhelms sought treatment for various health conditions.
0: In 1808, their friend and poet, Clemens Brentano, asked the Grimm brothers to help him collect folktales so he could publish them in a compilation of fairy tales. With ample time to devote to this project, they eagerly agreed.
1: The brothers frequently invited local storytellers over to their house for tea. While their guests told them about incredible creatures and tales of magic, the brothers wrote and wrote and wrote. By
0: 1810, they'd collected 54 marvelous stories for Brentano, and they sent him the manuscript to be published. But for two years, they never heard
1: back. Brentano had long forgotten about his request, He'd gone to a monastery in northeastern France and had no intention of following through with the fairy tales.
0: Wilhelm and Jacob could have disappeared into oblivion, taking their fantastical stories with them. Luckily, they'd made copies of their
1: work. In 1812, they published their first collection of fairy tales without Brentano, but with plenty of elves and dwarves. One
0: particular story focuses on a young princess with skin as white as snow, hair as black as ebony, and red lips the color of blood, and the seven little dwarves who saved her life.
1: The original version of Snow White was a very dark and disturbing story of a mother's jealousy and rage. The Grimm brothers adjusted parts of the fairy tale that were too graphic for children.
0: Although many details changed, one thing from the original folktale remained the same, the presence of the seven dwarves. This tale soon became one of the most well-known depictions of
1: dwarves in literature. By the mid-19th century, the Grimm brothers had become a household name. Their collection of fairy tales reacquainted people with magic.
0: Elves and dwarves were slowly making their way back into the limelight, and they're about to reach one of America's most influential
1: storytellers. In the 20th century, a newly established Hollywood animation studio saw an opportunity to bring a popular fairy tale onto the silver screen, and they seized it.
0: Utilizing his keen sense for wholesome storytelling, Walt Disney sought to adapt one of the Grimm's fairy tales for his first feature film, His creative choices left a lasting impression on the American public, an impression
1: of dwarves. In 1937, Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was released and the crowds went wild. But Disney
0: wasn't the only 20th century artist inspired by these magical creatures. The same year, a major work of literature exploring the lives of elves
1: and dwarves was published. Enter J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. The epic work of fantasy brought the mythical back to the forefront of people's imaginations. Tolkien had spent years researching the ancient Nordic legends as he crafted his complicated story. And the finished product reflected many medieval oral traditions.
0: Tolkien's elves and dwarves were magical, cruel, flawed, and yet more powerful than any human. The elves were ethereal, alien-like demigods who seemingly kept watch over the trials and tribulations of earthen creatures. The dwarves were expert craftspeople with engineering skills that far surpassed any mortal endeavors.
1: With the subsequent publication of the three Lord of the Rings volumes from 1954 to 1955, J.R.R. Tolkien succeeded in awakening the world to the depth of the ancient mythological landscape.
0: While one audience became familiar with the cutesy fairy tale characters of children's storybooks on the silver screen, another came to know elves and dwarves as the glorious creatures out of
1: legend. By the second half of the 20th century, every property had a slightly different depiction intended for a slightly different audience. There was no consensus about what an elf or a dwarf looked like. Are
0: elves tiny creatures that play harmless pranks, or are they tall, human-like beings with a regal and otherworldly presence?
1: Are dwarves sweet little people who live in the woods, or are they powerful creatures from a magical realm beneath the Earth?
0: While their history suggests that these creatures are merely the stuff of legend, recent archaeological discoveries have shed new light on mythology. Perhaps, elves and dwarves are real, and their existence has been covered up for centuries.
1: Up next, we'll explore more modern stories of elves and dwarves, and ask if it's possible that they really exist today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. From the Grimm Brothers' stories to Disney movies to Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, elves and dwarves have been on a transformative journey in the last two centuries.
0: But despite the wealth of tales of elves and dwarves, it's safe to say that the most famous modern elves are those at the mythical North Pole. Nowadays, the majority of people are most familiar with the stories of Santa Claus's helpful toy-making elves, but even those have roots in ancient tradition.
1: As we discussed last week, elves were integral to the rituals of the pre-Christian Middle Ages. To honor the fair folk during the holidays, pagans left out food offerings. In exchange, elves guarded the home from evil.
0: Evil was said to permeate the earth during Samhain, or the thinning of the veils. During the fall and winter months, People believed bad spirits had an easier time accessing the mortal realm. Good spirits, like the light elves, were said to ward off the wicked powers.
1: The modern version of that tradition, where evil supposedly abounds and sweet food is given to small humanoids, is Halloween. But the tradition also influences our modern celebration
0: of Christmas. The holiday known as Yule time or Yule tide honored the coming seasonal change. Sometimes people made animal sacrifices, followed by a massive feast.
1: Once again, these rituals of offering food appeased the spirits, including ancestors, elves, and even house gnomes.
0: The question is, how did the elves, who were once worshipped as powerful, immortal deities, become the small, dutiful toy builders in Santa's workshop?
1: One legend from Scandinavia may hold the answers. The tomte, which literally means homestead man in Swedish, were little spirits who lived in the house and took care of the farm.
0: Honoring the tomte was important to the people of medieval Europe. If they neglected the house gnome, mysterious things would happen. Livestock would go missing. The house's walls would crumble. And worst of all, the family could fall into extreme poverty.
1: However, if the Tomta were treated with respect and given the proper food and hospitalities, they would protect the land, keep the home tidy, and create an enjoyable space for the people who lived there. The Tomta
0: is depicted as a little old man, about three feet tall, with a long white beard. He always wears traditional farmhand clothing, work boots and fraying simple garb. Nothing is flashy except for the red cap on his
1: head. If you put the image of the Tomte next to a modern-day Christmas elf, you'll see many similarities. They both wear a pointy red hat. Both have a cheerful, wholesome demeanor. And to top it all off, of course, there's the connection to midwinter traditions.
0: Whereas mythical elves were tall, luminous beings with a seemingly divine presence, The Scandinavian Tomta seemingly usurped the elfin name.
1: The conflation might be traced to 1837 and the publication of the most well-known Christmas story ever written.
0: The Night Before Christmas by Clement Clark Moore refers to Santa Claus as an elf. The text goes, He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself.
1: As we discussed last week, the term elf was often used to describe the ethereal fair folk or any kind of fae or fairy. Maybe Moore's description of Jolly Old Saint Nick as an elf was similarly a catch-all term for something otherworldly.
0: Or maybe Santa really was an elf in the poem. Jolly Old Saint Nick bears some striking similarities to
1: ancient elf stories. For example, Norse mythology included a god called the Lord of the Elves, Freyr. Freyr reigned over Alfheim, the realm of the elves, which coexisted with the realm of man on the Tree of Life, or Yggdrasil. The Tree of Life grew from the North Pole. So maybe it's no coincidence that
0: Santa and his elves live at the North Pole. Maybe the Christmas myth is just an update of an age-old Norse
1: legend. But these are all just stories, aren't they? By the 20th century, most people were ready to dismiss elves as mere creatures of movies and novels. But then, a shocking archaeological discovery changed everything.
0: On a sunny day in 1934, Two gold miners were hard at work in the San Pedro Mountains, near the mythic home of the Namiragar, or little people from local tribal tradition. Suddenly, the miners' blast revealed an eerie-looking cave.
1: The only thing inside the cave was a tiny mummy, just six-and-a-half inches tall. Its leathery arms were crossed, and it sat in a cross-legged position.
0: Strangest of all... Its features were still discernible even after the years or centuries it had been locked away in the cave. The corpse looked exactly like a one-foot-tall 65-year-old man, or like an adult elf or dwarf.
1: The discovery made local and national headlines. It was dubbed the San Pedro Mountain Mummy. For 16 years, people wondered if this mummy was evidence of a real historical elf. Could the ancient North American legends be true?
0: Around 1950, the preserved cadaver was sold to a Wyoming businessman named Ivan Goodman. He traveled to New York to have the San Pedro Mountain Mummy examined by
1: professionals. The curator of biological anthropology at the American Museum of Natural History did a comprehensive inspection of the 200-year-old body. Ultimately, the anthropologists determined that the mummy was the dead body of an infant with a rare deformity that made it look like a 65-year-old man.
0: But Ivan Goodman wasn't satisfied with this explanation. He mulled over the findings at home, and later that year, he returned to New York to get a second opinion. He fell ill during the journey and died before he could uncover any more information about the strange body.
1: Goodman's untimely death also destroyed any chances of unlocking the mystery. The cadaver inexplicably disappeared.
0: The mummy's loss made it impossible for subsequent doctors or anthropologists to examine its body. Today, the mystery remains hotly debated.
1: Some people support the original examiner's theory that the San Pedro mountain mummy was an ordinary infant with a congenital disorder.
0: But a few true believers maintain that the body was evidence of the existence of
1: dwarves and elves. It might seem strange to consider that little people could have lived among humanity for so long without leaving behind any physical evidence. But a century's worth of archaeological discovery shows that stranger things have happened. Human beings haven't always been the only intelligent creatures on Earth. Other hominids,
0: the Neanderthals and the Denisovans, coexisted alongside humans for roughly 10,000 years before dying off.
1: In fact, all three species are so similar, it's now widely accepted fact that humans, Neanderthals, and Denisovans all interbred. Most people with Eurasian backgrounds have up to 4% Neanderthal DNA.
0: And other hominid cousins share surprising traits with the creatures of myth and legend. For example, Homo floresiensis, which lived between 100,000 to 50,000 years ago, has been nicknamed the Hobbit. Like the creatures from Tolkien's fantasy series that shared its name, Hobbits were short, hairy, and had big feet.
1: If hobbits were real, or at least if a hominid species that bore a striking resemblance was, then is it really that unreasonable to suggest that something like an elf or a dwarf might have evolved at some point? Perhaps they went extinct, but oral traditions about their lives eventually became the fairy tales we know today. Or maybe these creatures are still flourishing in some hidden corner of the world. The biggest critique of this theory is the lack of any physical evidence of
0: ancient elves or dwarves, but previously unknown branches on the hominid family tree are discovered with startling consistency. Fossils of extinct species of hominids like this are rare and hard to find, but new specimens are unearthed every year.
1: Perhaps future discoveries will provide evidence to support the stories of elves and dwarves that most people now dismiss as legends.
0: Meanwhile, the evidence keeps piling up. In the late 1970s Iceland, construction workers sought to dynamite and rebuild a notoriously dangerous winding road. That street, called the Trolls Pass, was important in local legends, and the public protested against the construction plan.
1: The backlash led the government to abandon their initiative. In the over four decades since, no single accident has been reported near the Trolls Pass. According to local legend, this is because the elves near the road protect passing cars to thank people for saving their home.
0: Icelandic tradition has many stories
1: of mysterious happenings near areas
0: associated in folklore with elves and dwarves. For many, the existence of these creatures isn't a matter of legend. It's a fact supported
1: by evidence. As folklorist Valdemar Hofstein explained, if this was just one crazy lady talking about invisible friends, it's really easy to laugh about that but to have people through hundreds of years talking about the same things is beyond one or two crazy ladies. It is part of the nation.
0: Perhaps elves and dwarves really do exist as magical sprites who protect their human friends, or maybe they're a distant hominid relative. But if these creatures really do walk among us, why don't we have some kind of definitive proof?
1: Maybe it's because we've been misreading the evidence this whole time.
0: Up next, we'll explore whether elves and dwarves might be connected to UFO and alien sightings.
1: Now, back to the story.
0: Many tales of elves and dwarves describe them as visitors from another plane. However, Few stories explore what challenges might lie in traveling from one existence to the next. But some psychedelic thinkers in the 1960s argued that they discovered the key to the realm of the elves.
1: Ideas about the supernatural flooded into the mainstream during the rise of the hippie movement, especially in California. Tens of thousands of young people embraced the ideals of peace, love, and drug experimentation.
0: Lecturers like author and psychonaut Terence McKenna divulged secrets about an alleged mysterious realm. He suggested that it could only be accessed through the consumption of dimethyltryptamine, a psychedelic substance naturally occurring in plants and in the human body.
1: As outlandish as McKenna's claims were, they caught on like wildfire. He published five successful books on the topic. Of course, McKenna's rise to fame and fortune may not have been entirely attributable to his ideas. He was also one of America's first cultivators and dealers of magic mushrooms.
0: On several occasions, McKenna took DMT and said he was transported to another plane of existence— When he arrived in a colorful, multidimensional void, he was greeted by strange, inhuman entities.
1: He described these so-called machine elves as jeweled, self-dribbling basketballs. He found it hard to explain them more clearly as the machine elves were in a constant state of transformation. They moved at impossible speeds, zipping and shifting and phasing through matter. At times... They even passed through McKenna's body. The
0: elves were benevolent and busy. They were tasked with literally holding the universe together, nudging matter into place, directing fields of energy and magnetism. In spite of all their responsibilities, they were warm and welcoming, happy to greet McKenna on his arrival.
1: The machine elves were also immensely powerful and could speak whole cities into existence with only their words.
0: This notion, as fantastical as it seems, sounds very similar to the Egyptian creation myth. In the primordial universe, Ptah, the elf god of ancient Egyptian lore, spoke the known worlds into existence by harnessing the power of his thoughts, The ancients believed that language defined reality.
1: Could certain psychotropic drugs rewire the human mind and allow our consciousness to break through this dimensional reality? Is this the key to experiencing the realm of the elves? Or is all this better suited to a science fiction movie?
0: These hallucinations might explain some traditional stories of elves and dwarves, Excavations have unearthed pouches of DMT that are an estimated 1,000 years old. The drug is believed to be part of the shamanic traditions of multiple ancient cultures.
1: Perhaps some traditional fairy stories are attributable to DMT-influenced hallucinations. Or maybe there's a grain of truth to the fairy tale notion of a magic food that allows you to meet the fae.
0: Or for a different angle, There's no definitive answer to these questions because, in recent years,
1: all elf sightings have been misidentified. Perhaps to solve the question of elves and dwarves, we have to look at another mysterious creature, aliens.
0: George Van Tassel was an aviator in the Mojave Desert in 1953. He was living off the grid in
1: Giant Rock when he was allegedly visited by otherworldly beings. And a few years later, he suddenly made an audacious public claim that the creatures had given him the formula to build a time machine.
0: He began his life's work, constructing what is now known as the Integratron, a curious dome structure in Landers, California.
1: George Van Tassel's ideas were not well-received. In fact, most everyone dismissed his claims entirely. It was hard to take a man seriously when he insisted that he was repeatedly visited by beings from another world.
0: Especially when the nature of their visits was unprovable. They didn't always physically appear in person, nor did they need to speak out loud. Van Tassel asserted they conveyed their messages telepathically, with their minds.
1: Van Tassel reported that his visitors were also physically youthful that they didn't look a day over 28, even though they were over 700 years old.
0: In 1978, after decades of working on his time machine, Van Tassel was ready to open the Integratron to the public. The dome had been equipped with the most up-to-date technology available.
1: Everything was going according to plan until George Van Tassel was found dead. The very day he was going to turn on his highly anticipated device, he suffered a sudden heart attack.
0: At this point, we should note, aliens and elves may not sound like the same thing, but their narratives bear striking similarities. They're both wise, tall,
1: beautiful creatures
0: with powers beyond human understanding.
1: They come from another world utterly unlike our own. Alien abductees and old fairy legends both speak of travelers who lose hours or days of their life in what feels like minutes traveling beyond the Earth. Dwarves and aliens both have been said to provide others with incredible technology, whether it be Thor's hammer or the latest military stealth craft.
0: Van Tassel's physical description of the visitors also draws a parallel to the elves in J.R.R. Tolkien's epic, The Hobbit. In the book, Galadriel, one of the royal elves, has a telepathic conversation with a wizard, Gandalf.
1: Gandalf even goes on to comment on how Galadriel hasn't aged a day since they last met, much like Van Tassel's creatures who look perpetually youthful in spite of being centuries old.
0: Stories of UFO sightings and extraterrestrial abductions didn't become mainstream until fairly recently, roughly the past century or so. But maybe aliens and elves are simply
1: two different cultures' words for the same creatures. When experiencing similar phenomena, people in the Dark Ages, who understood the world through the lens of magic and mysticism, saw godlike magical fairy creatures. People like Van Tassel saw extraterrestrials. Van Tassel's
0: story even bears some similarities to that of Ivan Goodman, who owned the San Pedro Mountain Mummy. Both men suddenly passed away while pursuing the truth about elves and dwarves.
1: To skeptics, it looked like Van Tassel was a victim of his own hubris. He genuinely believed that he could build a time machine and died with his work unfinished, because the task was impossible. If he hadn't suffered a heart attack, he likely would have encountered
0: some other delay or failure. It was inevitable that the Integratron would remain forever unfinished.
1: But his supporters had their doubts about the official story. It was just too convenient that Van Tassel would die right before he was going to transform the world. Did the
0: government put a stop to George Van Tassel's work in order to keep alien, or rather, elven, technology away from the public?
1: Or maybe Van Tassel's story is exactly what it seems. One man's strange hallucinations. His claims about time machines only resonate with modern culture because he inadvertently tapped into powerful tropes about magical beings.
0: For millennia, Elves and Dwarves have permeated our cultural narratives and legends. They've appeared on multiple continents as wise, ancient guides for humanity. If these stories aren't based on real creatures, then something must explain their
1: resonance. The answer may lie in psychology. Most children are raised by loving, supportive parents or guardians. Our family members, teachers, and other adult authority figures take care of us, keep us safe, and teach us about the world.
0: Then we reach adulthood, and we're on our own. We see other adults as our peers and recognize that our parents have the same flaws and foibles that we do. Those wise, omnipotent guardians are gone from our lives.
1: That is, unless we look to the supernatural. Elves and dwarves have many of the same features that a child sees in a trusted caretaker. They're wise, mature, they know unimaginable secrets. They impart moral lessons and help us to grow as people. Perhaps these creatures are resonant
0: because they fulfill a comforting trope. They restore the world to a sense of childlike order.
1: Whether elves and dwarves make toys for Christmas morning or craft magical tools for the gods, our perceptions of these enigmatic beings change with every story that gets told and retold. And
0: humans will forever seek the answers to questions about their existence. Stories of the realms of elves and dwarves will continue to circulate so long as the universe contains mysteries that are unexplained and humans desire helpers, teachers, and guides.
1: Thanks for listening to Unexplained Mysteries.
0: You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify.
1: Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast Originals, like Unexplained Mysteries, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Unexplained Mysteries on
0: Spotify, just open the app and type Unexplained Mysteries in the search bar.
1: And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll see you next time. See you next Thursday. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer.
0: Unexplained Mysteries was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Travis Clark, and Paul Mahler. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Avery Rhoda with writing assistance by Drew Cole and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner.